Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. What a crazy NFL season. The Panthers win over the Falcons last night on Thursday Night Football in a game that was made for the run. Made for the run, and the Falcons lose by 10, 25-15. Is Steve Wilkes this year's Rich Bisaccia? Maybe. He looks pretty good. With Not a, as with, good as With the fact that he's a minority, which means everyone's going to go crazy if, if he, he keeps winning it. two games more down the stretch and he doesn't get the job. He's already involved in the lawsuit, right, with Brian Flores. Yeah. The media nationally will go nuts. If he keeps winning, and he doesn't have to keep winning at a high pace either, if they go on and move on and hire a white guy, that's, a spot that's a, where that is that what that will happen in Carolina if they don't hire Steve Wilkes, who was named the interim, and they chose to do that. Um, and and props to him. I'm not trying to like negate that. They're doing great, but I, I can I can feel it coming, guys. They also trade McCaffrey and and get the uh, same effect the Titans got when Derrick Henry got hurt last year from Foreman. So, I don't think it's McCaffrey, though. I think it's the mentality of the offense where they're now forced to turn around and just full steam ahead bull rush. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying the guy is just good. Uh, He's a good replacement running back. He's a good enough replacement running back that he should be somebody's feature back. It's, it's also funny that he to me. Bounced around as long as he did. I, I don't know if you guys maybe share my sense of humor or not, but it's funny to me that Steve Wilkes, just like Brian Flores in the lawsuit, is doing what's worst for the organization in winning this year. They need yeah. a high draft pick, they need to tank. And what is Brian Flores suing over? He was told to lose, and he wouldn't do it. And Steve Wilkes is winning, and the Panthers don't need to be winning. Look, I'm all for integrity of competition. All they don't have that. three wins. He's doing yeah, his they're job. They're not going to win in the end. They have three wins, though. They need to be a one or two. They need to secure the number one pick. That's what they need. Well, you can't, you can't get in front of Houston. Don't be rash. <laughs> it's okay, very the number two to do pick. That now. The number two pick. Deontay Foreman against the NFC South. 15 carries, 118 yards against the Falcons in week eight. He had 26, or excuse me, that was week seven against the Bucks. Week eight against the Falcons, 26 for 118 and three touchdowns. And then last night, 30 carries, 130 yards and one touchdown. It's remarkable when you keep things simple. And I, I think the Colts are about to do that. Simplify things. Just run full steam ahead. Um, just see a lot keep an of simple Wilkes. football. It, he did not do well in his one year in, in, with the Cardinals, but the Cardinals were named in the lawsuit. And if he doesn't get this job, I mean, it's just more. He's evidence. litigious. Um, it's it's a very awkward situation if he wins another game. That's all I'm saying. Like, I it's have a hard just, time. It sets up for a narrative that I would hate covering because we we know he's very good in these situations, but 
he's also we also know there are other candidates that an owner should be able to go out and hire. And Tepper wants, he likes that big name Flash and all of that. Also, Wilkes is from Charlotte. I mean, it's a lovely story if it's I, working. I'm going to be very Paul here in what I'm saying. I have a hard time getting past Steve Wilkes as defensive coordinator at Missouri yeah, a I, year ago. That's completely I reason. mean, you've got Eli Drinkwitz just completely rolling the guy under a semi this week when he's talking about last year's 62-point outburst by Tennessee and saying, yeah, we went back and reviewed that game, and whatever we were trying to do on defense, Tennessee recognized it, and we've corrected that mistake. Yep. And they bring in Blake Baker, and they're a top 10, top 20 defense nationally a year later. They were the worst in college football last year with Steve Wilkes calling defense. In the college game. He's just not a college guy. I, 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 I just say that kind of as devil's advocate. I, 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 I'm making up a storyline before it happens. I, I apologize for that. I just, I, I, you, I believe that the news cycle in the NFL is very cyclical. And when things get slow and it's the offseason and you need a storyline. Masaccio had some momentum, but there was no uproar, really, other than like 24 to 48 hours that they were not going to keep him because it quickly turned to Josh McDaniels for the first time in 10 years, being shiny, willing to, shiny to leave and join the Raiders over other organizations, including the Colts, the Jaguars, and others. Colts who tried, signed up with. Yeah, who either wanted to hire him, chose to hire him, or he asked to interview him, and, and he said no. This will get, this is going to get weird because they're winning enough in a bad division to where he, he can make a case to stick around. And so far, so good. He's got a team playing very hard for him. Uh, other big games across the Week 10 slate. Vikings in Buffalo. And the Bills, believe it or not, are still favored in this game, even though Josh Allen is officially questionable with that UCL, the elbow injury. And you have the Vikings coming in at 7-1. and one. The question here is, do you trust a Vikings offense that can be balanced and Kirk Cousins, who is very patient, has not turned it over very much, and distributes the football in a methodical way? Or do you trust the Buffalo Bills defense that has allowed less than 15 points per game, number one in the NFL? Well, the problem is that Buffalo's defense is beat up. It's not just Josh Allen, right? Matt they've, Milano. They've got Rousseau, uh, Hyde, Poyer out. Uh, Elam in the secondary could be out. I don't know if this is out yet. Tremaine Edmonds could be out. If you've got Edmonds and Rousseau out, your run defense is is hurting, and the Vikings uh, can go to Dalvin Cook and and create some problems. So just thinking about this game, the the line sets up for the Vikings to go in and cover. Uh, but just based on the situation, they they the Vikings this year are winning tight window games. Like we've pointed yep. that out, the Bills are also doing that for the first time throughout their era. Um, but that's been with Josh Allen. And now the, the Vikings have TJ Hawkinson, who was a splash at the trade and then contributed immediately. Caught with, nine passes yes, nine on nine passes. targets. Yes. And then uh, the other storyline here is the Cook family. You have Dalvin Cook and James Cook going head-to-head in this game. That's cool. Um, and Kirk Cousins, at least one touchdown pass in 38 straight games coming into today or this weekend, week 10. I mean, Case Keenum's capable. But I, I, I think 
you know, the majority thinking is that the Vikings will win this. And if the Bills lose this, it really throws the AFC into some disarray. Feels like a game. I'm just going with the flip side of everything. I don't understand that line. If Josh Allen isn't playing, we don't think he is, which leads me to believe the Bills will win and cover with Case Keenum as starting quarterback at home. That's what will happen. Bills defense will have a huge day. We go to Las Vegas. Colts against the Raiders. Uh, This is one of those, you're tuning in for the train wreck or you're tuning in to see if Josh McDaniels is actually going to lose a game. Uh, And this team is going to lose a game, and they're banged up, by the way, against Jeff Saturday and the put-together hodgepodge coaching staff that still remains over the last three weeks. Park Frazier, Parks Frazier, um, is the new play caller. 30 years old. Um, Yeah. And you have a 2-6 and Raiders team in Vegas who's expected to win this game going away. Minus four and a half. They've led three games by 17 points, at least 17 points, and have lost those games this season. I have no idea about this. I. How healthy is Taylor coming off of, I can't remember what it is that he had, but that's my big question going into this game. He's, he's practicing all week, and he's, you know, he's officially, it looks like he's playing in this game. Uh, just keep in mind, the Raiders don't turn the football over that often. They only have seven. That's second best in the league to Philly, who only has three this year. But they're so, down Renfro. They're down Waller. Yes, yes. They're really thinned out. Cowboys and Packers. By the way, we like to joke about the time I got sent to the girls' side of the court to practice <laughs> yeah. for the girls. It's a, it's, it's a lose-lose proposition when that happens. This is a no-win proposition for Josh McDaniels. I agree. I agree. Lose oh, this he game. loses this game. I mean, this is win or pink slips, according to Joe Thomas who believes that it takes a Ph.D. and uh, working 20 hours a day to coach in the NFL and that you have to do that for about 15 years before getting a shot to be a head coach. If Jeff Saturday comes off the couch and off the ESPN analyst box and comes in there, he was sitting next to Hannah Storm a week ago. And if he's sitting next to, what, Parks Frazier? Is that the guy's name? The 30-year-old? Yes. And he goes in there and wins? Look out, NFL. I'm going to torch you come Monday. And all of your coaches, because that is an embarrassment. Well, and this is five days removed from a press conference where the owner of an NFL club said he's glad, he's happy that Jeff Saturday has zero experience as a head coach uh, in the NFL. Because he's not scared. Or coaching, period, in the NFL. Because he's not scared of analytics and everything that goes on with job security. Nuts. Cowboys and Packers. Um, Job security was a factor for Mike McCarthy about... 11 weeks ago, and it's no longer there. I mean, it, amazing job by Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. It's 6-2. and two, They're favored by 4.5 on the road against the Green Bay Packers. The return of Mike McCarthy to Green Bay. In a weird set of circumstances, Aaron Rodgers, his one Super Bowl win, was with Mike McCarthy as the head coach of the Packers. They won that Super Bowl in Dallas, and now the Cowboys win. This will be – this is the one team – that Mike McCarthy has not won against in his entire career. The uh, the, the Packers lose Rashawn Gary to to an ACL He's tear, out. which is a, a big loss. Sammy Watkins is not close to a hundred percent. Romeo Dobbs high ankle sprain. He's going to be out for a while. And the Packers before those things were Lizard, averaging seventeen point one points a game. Yeah. 
I mean, this this is a marquee matchup at the start of the year. It's still a marquee matchup because of the names on the jerseys. But, I mean, four four and a half point spread is nowhere near big enough here. Packers should get shut out. It's a weird year in the NFL, though. I keep coming back to this, and I'm, I'm not trying to play antagonist in all of this, but it would be weird if Case Keenum beats the one-loss Vikings. It's probably going to happen based on the way this season. It could you know what was happen. weird? The Panthers doing what they did last night against the Falcons. There have been so many weird outcomes this season. The Cowboys should clobber the I really feel like this might be another one. May I? It, what's also weird Dallas is only favored by four. That's and a half. what I'm saying. It should be double. Double the spread, this. Hunt. Um, the Packers have committed 25 penalties. I say triple the spread over their last three, three games. Game. But, but I, the other rule is, what does Vegas know? Yeah, exactly. Huh? That's why I keep the going Packers, back. The Panthers, Packers will win. The I'll Packers write. have committed 25 penalties over their past three games. The Cowboys have a league high 33 sacks. They legitimately have just top to bottom. Probably the best player, the just pure football player in the NFL, and Micah Parsons on their defense. Uh, Dak Prescott, slow coming back from injury, and now this is his first road game officially of the season for him, starting. He had a tremendous performance. Dallas is coming off a bye week. Meanwhile, Green Bay hasn't played at Lambeau in nearly a month because London counted as a home game for them. Green Bay has it. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, Green Bay. So... Again, Dallas is only favored by four and a half. Yeah, that's odd. That uh, scares, scares you into thinking what Chad's so saying. So load up Packers on the Packers' money line. That's it's, what it's, that's it's odd. Me. We will get to the Cardinals and Rams coming up later. Uh, Chargers and 49ers as well, uh, where San Francisco at four and four, coming off a bye, much healthier than the Chargers right now, who are still down some offensive firepower. But at the same time, guys, they... Uh, they continue to quietly win games, right? That's how I would describe them. The, the national marquee games, by the way, they're going to be back-to-back weeks on Sunday night football because they got flexed coming up in week 11, I believe, with the Chiefs. So we get to see Los Angeles twice now in marquee. Chargers have been one of the bigger disappointments. Up. Even though they, have, they don't have a, a terrible record, it's been a disappointment based on expectation this season so far. I mean, that division has uh, been a disappointment, really, beyond the, the Chiefs. It's just kind of the status quo as opposed to Chargers on the rise, Raiders on the rise, Denver coming on with Russell Wilson. None of that's happened. Titans, uh, Denver is the lowest over under the week. Titans have a ton of defensive guys out this week. There, there may be no points Simmons is in out. This Big game. Jeff is out. Yeah. And Denver doesn't score. The Titans... Uh, Tannehill is, you know, closer, but still not a guarantee. And the game Titans time. aren't scoring a lot of points. Officially game time Sounds decision. Like, I mean, no designation today. So I think he'll probably be listed as questionable when, it, when it's out. He was limited today after being full yesterday. Here's San Francisco off the bye. Expected back. Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, Juwan Jennings, and Kyle Juszczyk. So you start looking at the, the offensive firepower there. And then Garoppolo, prior to their bye week, had the best game of the season as the starter so far this season. They're favored by seven at home. Meanwhile, again, the Cowboys favored by four and a half on the road against this Packers team. Weird, Chad. Don't waste your money on that. 
It's I'm like, not going care, to. That's a weekend to be careful. It feels I'm, like I'm. I'm probably going to pick the Packers to win outright. So that's what. I, that's where I'm going. How would we bet the Vikings Bills game where the Bills are favored by three? We will head to the foremost uh, authority on the Buffalo Bills. Tim Graham about to join us, Paul, and uh, from uh, the Buffalo sports writer with the Athletic. Tremendous, and you worked with him at ESPN. Yeah. And he's about to hop on and tell us the latest on Josh Allen. Terrific dude who uh, knows not just the Bills, but the Buffalo market uh, inside and out. So look forward to getting Much his better than that dude from Detroit that tried to snake your job when you oh, lost his name. We can ask it? him about oh, Rothstein. I want to ask about Rothstein. That was a great interaction. We at will. The combine <laughs> oh, we will with start. With Paul and Rothstein. Can we start with the story on the escalator? We come yeah, out? I mean, you could tell him the story. He probably didn't know. Oh, we we will, let's, we let's begin. Paul, you, one of us will tell the story of you and Rothstein. Escalator going up, escalator going down. And just passing. And the, Me shouting at the interaction with everyone in the media <laughs> at the Combine listening in on you and Rothstein. We'll, we'll start with that. And the best part is we had known the story. We didn't know the guy. I had no and idea who he was we talking were, to until to we, you hit the, we hit the escalator. And as we're going, like, first know what step, he like. Paul goes, hey, guys, this is Rothstein, who uh, I've been telling you about trying to steal my job. And then it, we'll pick up there when we Launched come back. into it. With Tim Graham. And uh, we'll also tell you about the status of Josh Allen and his expectations for Allen this week and expectations for the Bills against the 7-1 Vikings on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We have always had a blast when Tim Graham has joined us. Now with The Athletic, used to work with Paul at ESPN, and he covers the Buffalo Bills, the, the, the authority when it comes to the Bills. We're going to get the latest on Josh Allen and more. Um, but, uh, Tim, we, we uh, went to break discussing, and Paul reminded us of the, the Mike Rothstein story of the confrontation at, uh, at the Combine, right, Paul? The In combine. Indianapolis. Paul's contract has, had just not been renewed by ESPN during some layoffs and budget cuts. And Rothstein, who was with Detroit at the time, within a matter of hours, minutes, It was moments, a summit. So my, he, I didn't he, get he, renewed on Friday he tried to get Paul's job when everybody was going to the summit. And so I see Rothstein at the Combine. We're going up one big, you know, those huge elevators. We're going up one. Rothstein's coming down the other. Well, what I heard, I, I put out my email... At uh, I put out my tweet yes. right at the start of our radio show at noon in Nashville, and my understanding was at the summit where all of the ESPN reporters were. They were just starting a session. Everybody sees this. Very few people knew why I wasn't there, and it creates this huge buzz. And Rothstein, at the very first break, immediately goes to management and says, how do I get the Nashville gig? And so, Tim, we, we in the show, Paul had already told us about this during the show, I believe, during a break. And as we hit the escalator, Chad, what happened? So Paul, Paul turns to me and you, Hutton, and says, 
hey, remember that guy, Rothstein, I told you about that tried to snake my job? This is him right here. He's coming and up. Then, Paul, you can go from there about what you said something about. Sorry you didn't get Nashville, buddy. Sorry you didn't get out of Sorry you didn't get Nashville, hard. you snake. You're stuck in Detroit you where you belong. You were Good clapping. job, though. Yeah. Good luck on the next one, buddy. The, Good the, luck. Tim, the funniest part of the whole exchange was we get to the bottom of the escalator. <laughs> that's Rothstein's the top. And Paul just turns back and says, boy, those Detroit winters are brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck us. standing <laughs> in those three feet of snow, that's buddy. you got to stay there. That's, that's when I lost it. So, Tim, be glad that you never tried to, uh, to get Nashville in the Titans gig. Was already gone by then. Uh, I, I was uh, one of the more fortunate maneuvers of my career, and I—I'll be honest—I didn't think that it was going to be a lock. But uh, I left ESPN uh, by choice uh, before uh, I was let out, uh, like so many others were. I don't know what about a year later, Paul, or how uh, it wasn't. Maybe two. You got out early. I was standing, and I don't want to. Um, I don't want to violate uh, the trust of any uh, of any former ESPN employees, but Go on. Uh, after the Bills uh, Chiefs game a couple of weeks back, I guess three weeks ago at Arrowhead Stadium, and uh, as as you know, that visitors press conference room is about the size of a postage stamp. Yes, and uh, so we're lined <laughs> up against the wall, uh, myself and two other uh, former. Well, one was a current a current ESPN employee, and another former. And we were trying to figure out if we worked together. And uh, and one of them looks at me and says, uh, you got out before the flamethrower came through. And uh, we all had a nice chuckle as we started to remember uh, who we worked for, you know, who our bosses were, who our supervisors were, whether or not they were still there. Uh, we were getting a good chuckle out of it. Give um, a, just, but we've all, we've all landed on our feet, Paul. Just give a quick thought on Rothstein. Where did he rank in the one, <laughs> one to 32? By the way, Tim. Just give us like the quintile of the I, quintile. I would love the, the old ESPN NFL Nation power rankings, one through 32, I, if you guys can compile the list. I also wanted, I wanted to be known. I have been like Rothstein and I have been in the same atmosphere for about 15 seconds in my entire life. I want to keep it that way because this is like quintessential story in Paul's <laughs> life when, you know, he was going hard at everything. It's also, Tim, like so many interactions with Paul where he's going off on someone. And I believe Rothstein was saying something over and over like, yeah, you're all class, Paul. <laughs> you're, you're all class, buddy. Very classy. Well, see, that is one thing classy. That, Your thoughts on Rothstein? I know that I'm a a guest here on this program uh, and I don't generally like to go walking into somebody's living room and ins insult them right to their <laughs> face but uh, I think we can all agree uh, that this story to us uh, is entertaining but anybody watching right now could give oh. uh, two lumps <laughs> no, no. Oh, no, uh, about this that's they not love true it. I'm telling you they, this they is love a very self-important story is, uh, that Paul this is, is straight, reveling in no it's about drama. Rothstein's importance not mine straight drama and we tell the story anytime we have a former uh, ESPN employee on with Paul um and I never was part of the 32. I was one of the original eight guys. I, I was out of there before uh, before uh, we went to a team by team uh, format. So he was 29th at the highest. At his peak, he was 29th. Rothstein, you're yeah. saying. And, by the and way, he's Paul now in Atlanta. Poor Arthur Smith. Hey, uh, so uh, Josh Allen, we know he's officially questionable, Tim. Tim Graham with us from The Athletic. Um, what are your thoughts on if you think he actually plays, how they've played this this week? And uh, without Josh Allen, who are the Buffalo Bills? They're Case Keenum. 
so that's that answer there. Uh, we can delve into that a little bit more. But to answer your first question, um, this is not inside information. Maybe it's a little bit of an educated guess, uh, but not any kind of super sleuth scoop I'm going to give you. I don't think Josh Allen plays on Sunday. Um, he, he, yes, was officially uh, limited today at practice, um, but he's missed a lot of time. This is a disconcerting injury. Uh, yes, there is a sleeve slash brace that you can wear that will make sure that you don't uh, extend your elbow in such a way uh, as to further the injury or the sprain um, while also being able to maintain your uh, throwing motion. But still, uh, the contact, uh, the torque that this guy puts on his on his passes, I mean, there's a reason he's known for being uh, this larger-than-life uh, bombardier. Uh, and it's because he's he goes out all out and he's going to run the ball and he's going to need to tuck the ball away, even if he's he's a guy who stiff arms linebackers if he's not jumping over them. And so if he's going to stiff arm with his right hand or he's going to even say, I'm going to stiff arm with my left, he's got to tuck that ball away somewhere into the crook of his elbow. That's exactly where that injury is. And it's um, anyways, I, I'm throwing some rationalizations in there, too. But I also just think with the way that the week has has unfolded not being able to go out there and, and practice at all uh, while trying to rest uh, the, the, the elbow. Uh, it just doesn't seem uh, plausible. Uh, but then again, as one of the undercurrents of this storyline is that Josh Allen is that kind of guy. I mean, I'm not, you know, saying he's Kurt Schilling, uh, you know, with the bloody sock, but you know, this is the type of guy who you might want to could, could maybe bet on, trying to play through something like this. And if Allen's not there, you mentioned Case Keenum. Physically, they're obviously very different. There's limitations there with Keenum as opposed to Allen. But does the offense fundamentally change at all with Case Keenum? And if so, how does to. it change? It has to. Josh Allen is their leading rusher. Uh, he leads the NFL in total offense because of that. Uh, so you have a guy who's the ultimate combination of arm and legs. I mean, I, I did a piece before the the season began in which, uh, and we're all of a certain vintage here. I, I think we all, uh, all, all four of us recall the Sports Illustrated cover with Randall Cunningham on it. Yes. Uh, the NFL preview issue we called him the ultimate weapon. Well, Josh Allen is that plus 30 pounds. Uh, and instead of juking around defenders, we'll run him over. You know, he's more fullback than tailback. He is, he is, uh, he's a weapon and, uh, and maybe the greatest weapon in the entire NFL. Uh, and so uh, Case Keenum at 34, uh, you take away that running aspect. You take away the downfield uh, heave that you can maybe even get. You, you factor in that he has not been taking quality reps. Uh, with this offense. Uh, so the the backfield is going to have to get way more involved than it has been. You know, we're talking Devin Singletary, Naheem Hines, uh, who they acquired at the trade deadline. Um, the offensive line is going to have, everybody's going to have to be better. Uh, and um, it, it's just, it, it's going to be a pocket passing offense. Case Keenum, by the way, I looked this up. Case Keenum averages about six yards a game rushing, not six yards a carry, uh, six yards a game over the course of his career. This is not a guy who's going to take off. Uh, RPOs are not a thing with Case Keenum. Um, and so that's how much is going to change. Tim Graham from The Athletic with us. You can follow him on social at by Tim Graham. Um, 
the narrative right now is Minnesota Buffalo, but this could, I mean, this to me, I'm trying to look ahead. This affects not just the AFC, but you know, the division right now. And what's a very good AFC East. And I believe that Allen went through something like this his rookie year. If not, you can correct me on that. Um, he did. Marcus Mariota also went. I remember Paul, he, Mariota missed or was, was hampered like for three weeks or so. But that's enough to really shake up the apple cart here where the AFC path to the Super Bowl doesn't have to go through Orchard Park, which is the presumed case right now especially out of that division where you could have a division winner that's not Buffalo, which would also be surprising. Uh, beyond just this week, expectations for what this does for the AFC East, Tim? Yeah, the Jets and the Dolphins are only a half game back of the Bills right now because of the bye week situation. The Bills have had their bye. Those, those other teams haven't. And then the Patriots are right behind that. Everybody has a winning record in the AFC East. Now, that's not to say that they're the better teams, but you subtract Allen for long enough and that closes the gap that is already pretty tight. I think that when before the season began, one of the safest bets on the board would be the Bills to win the AFC East. Uh, and now yes. uh, the Jets are a surprise. The Dolphins are better than people were going to give them credit for because of all the upheaval and controversy and everything from Brian Flores to uh, you know, uh, with Stephen Ross and, and Tom Brady and Sean Payton and that whole thing. It just seemed a mess. You had a, a, a team that clearly was not interested in Tua Tagovailoa being their quarterback. And now all of a sudden we're talking about him as an MVP candidate. So that's how much that surprise is. The one thing that the Bills do have going for them, though, is their next three games are uh, out of the division and two of them are against NFC opponents. Um, and also interesting, uh, Case Keenum, uh, the next two opponents are his former teams, Minnesota and Cleveland, uh, big revenge games that I'm sure are going to uh, tilt the balance of how the, uh, the different uh, NFL markets pick up the broadcast. But, um, but it, it comes at a decent time, I think, for the Bills uh, to have Minnesota, Cleveland, Detroit as the next three opponents. And then you still have two games against the Patriots and one each, both at home, against the Jets and the Dolphins. So I think that if the if the Bills do lose some ground with Allen being out, they can make it back up by taking care of business. Defensively, how vulnerable are they? Are they? Rousseau, we know, is out. Hyde and Poyer, not around. Uh, what's the status of Elam and Edmonds, and how vulnerable are they to what the Vikings offer, particularly with Dalvin Cook? Yeah, I don't think Elam's going to play on Sunday. That's not a huge loss. So you also have Tredavious White, the Pro Bowl, uh, well, all pro. I don't want to discredit him. I mean, he's that good. He was in the Defensive Player of the Year conversation a couple of years ago. Uh, he's eligible to come back from his, uh, his non-contact knee injury that happened on Thanksgiving last year. Uh, and he... Uh, to come in against a Justin Jefferson and an Amari Cooper in back-to-back -back weeks, he'll obviously be helpful there if he does get the get the green light finally. Um, Hoyer not going to play. Uh, Matt Milano, super talented linebacker, uh, probably comes back uh, on Sunday. Uh, he's a sideline-to-sideline -side guy and probably would have been the difference uh, against the Jets last week. Uh, he's that good. Um, 
So the defense is probably okay, but the, the Vikings, I mean, they're seven and one. And I know that a lot of people want to look at it, at their close games and, and talk about them being overrated, but seven and one is still seven and one. They find ways to win games. They find ways to win games late. Um, and when you're talking about the drop-off between uh, Josh Allen and Case Keenum, uh, you know, you're thinking that, you know, the Bills aren't just going to hold on to the ball the entire game and have these long, you know, 10, 12 play drives. I mean, the Vikings are going to get their chances. And with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, they have enough weapons that uh, I think that the Bills defense um, is probably going to be OK, but they're still going to have their hands full. Tim Graham with us. Why, why did the Bills need Naheem Hines? Well, they, they've wanted a receiving back for months, even before the season began. They thought they had J.D. McKissick from Washington. It turned into a little bit of a mini controversy because the Bills thought they had a deal done. And then McKissick's agent went back to Washington and ended up he resigned. Uh, they draft uh, Dalvin Cook's brother, James Cook, uh, to, to fill that role, too. So they used big draft capital on him, and he just hasn't been trustworthy enough for the coaching staff fumbled away his first NFL touch on, on opening night. Yep. Um, and right. um, so Naheem Hines is a proven commodity, I think, for a Super Bowl contender uh, to, to not have to go into the playoffs relying on Devin Singletary. He's done a pretty good job doing both receiving and running, you know, doing that role. Um, but I, I think that they want a guy who they've seen do it. You know, they want that peace of mind. And so that, that was uh, why they went out and got him. James Cook. Um, I wanted to ask you about him because that was one when the Bills drafted him, I'm thinking, boy, this is going to work out with what I saw at Georgia. What has been the issue? I know early on it was a fumble problem in his first game, but overall, what's been the problem? I think it's this is a, a coaching staff that historically has a very short leash with its rookies. Uh, you have to be very good and borderline elite, at least relative to a rookie, uh, to get the coaching staff's full trust. And so, uh, and we're talking about, you know, Devin Singletary was in the doghouse, Zach Moss, who they traded to Indianapolis uh, for that Naheem, uh, in that Naheem Hines trade. Uh, he's been in the doghouse. You drop a ball, you fumble, you're going to stand on the sidelines, maybe for the rest of the game. Uh, and so James Cook hasn't done enough of the special things that allow Sean McDermott and his coaching staff to overlook when he does have a lapse. So when given the opportunity, he's been overall, I know I keep going back to that one, that one fumble overall, he's been good, but he hasn't been great. And I think that there's still, uh, you know, Sean McDermott has a long memory when it comes to young players messing up. Tim Graham has been our guest. Final thing on the way out. You can be as brief as you need to here. Uh, Von Miller has been adamant that Odell Beckham Jr. is coming with him to Buffalo. Do you think Odell Beckham Jr. is signing with the Bills? Um, I, I don't. Uh, this is more than an educated guess. Um, however, um, things change rapidly, and we're seeing that right now. The Bills actually do, uh, as opposed to just three weeks, let's say three weeks ago, uh, you would take a look at the Bills receiving core and say, these guys are good enough. Uh, they have Gabe Davis, who had the four touchdowns in the loss to Kansas City last year. I mean, he's 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 had a, some struggles lately. He's had some drops. Um, Isaiah McKenzie hasn't been as reliable as the Bills had hoped as that number three guy. 
Khalil, Khalil Shakir, the rookie who is kind of of that mold like Isaiah McKenzie, hasn't, you know, same thing, trust issues type thing. Um, and so now, uh, so I, I was told that it was no iron in the fire on Odell Beckham Jr. Um, a couple of weeks ago and that, um, and that Vaughn Miller's just talking, you know, he's blowing smoke. He's maybe uh, driving up the market for his buddy, you know, for someone and someone else. Um, but as time goes on and the bills deal with getting a little uh, rattly uh, going down the home stretch with their quarterback and they might need the help, they might feel desperate enough to go out and, and do something. But uh, I, I think that there's a wariness also with this front office of signing a guy who's not even ready to try out for teams yet. There might be a team out there that's willing to gamble and say, yes, we need Odell Beckham Jr. so bad, we're willing to sign him now and then let him get ready for late December. This is a front office that doesn't do that. Uh, they're not They're not going to do that. So he's going he's gonna to need to be ready to try out and show something soon, I, I think. Uh, otherwise, I do think there's somebody out there uh, that is going to overpay and, and get a little too excited about Odell Beckham. We're hearing, obviously, we're hearing a lot out of Dallas lately. Um, I, there are some teams out there that I think the Bills might not be as eager to get in front of or try to box out. Yeah, uh, get in front of Kansas City, and that's about it, right? I mean, that's the that's the idea there. Uh, Tim Tim Graham has been our guest. The Athletic Degree great work uh, covering the best team in football right now with the Buffalo Bills, who are hosting a team with a better record in Minnesota and possibly without Josh Allen. Tim, thank you so much, man. We appreciate it. If you, you. could book Rossi on the show, please do so for yeah. us. We'd love, we'd I love always to enjoy it, guys. Uh, feel free anytime. All right. Thanks, Tim. See Tim Graham, you. The Athletic, uh, Buffalo sports writer, and uh, great coverage there on the Bills. And the biggest story right now in the NFL is Josh Allen's injury. The UCL, which he had in 2018, his rookie year, Paul, uh, Mariota went through this. I believe he, I believe Mariota was, was set back like three weeks with it. Um, and Mariota's came from getting stepped on. He got stepped yes, on yes. on his forearm, on the underside of his forearm. I just, uh, the fact that, you know, I still, I can't get out of my mind the fact he threw a 69-yard pass after suffering that injury. I wonder and, what it felt like after that. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I know. Uh, but they, they, def, they definitely need him. And, and Diggs, how does this affect Stephon Diggs, who accounts for like 50% of their offense in the passing game right now? Coming up, we'll see if, this injury affects any of the props that Paul will go with. PK's plus money props across the NFL next on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Very unpredictable NFL season. Sixth and Peabody, our location. We'll preview the games coming up, our top games across the NFL. Plus, I've got the straight upsets for you, the underdogs later in the show. But right now, PK's got the plus money props. 
Outkick.com slash bet is where you can join us. Time for me to break out my phone to make some some money. Let's do it. Shall we? He's been very successful here. We're going to start with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster of the Chiefs. He scored touchdowns in two of the last three games, not last week against the very stingy Titans defense. But productive. Yeah. So, uh, And he's had two games all season with under eight targets. So he's going to get the ball, and I think he's going to get the ball in the end zone against the Jaguars. Uh, plus 100 here for an anytime touchdown. Second, we'll go to Justin Fields. Uh, Chicago allows 27.8 pass attempts a game. Uh, I'm going Fields under 14.5 completions. Um, this could Did run. I just you say could. Chicago? Yeah, yeah, you're good. I, I got that wrong. But Fields under 14.5. Well, you're talking about the here. Lions. They're playing the I'm Lions. I'm talking about the Lions. The Lions are allowing. I think the second fewest pass completions. That might be They're incorrect. awful against the run. So Paul, I, like I knew exactly what you were saying. Yeah, I, I don't like Fields Trevor Lawrence, to have though. a big passing day here. Trevor Lawrence uh, has not thrown an interception in three of the last four games. Uh, he's at Kansas City. So two of these bets are Chiefs-Jaguars bets. I like that at plus 105. And here's the biggest one. Let's go. I, I know Chad's leaning the other way here and thinks that the Packers might win this game. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to do some chasing in this game. He had one interception against Buffalo. He had three against Detroit. I find it hard to believe he's not going to throw at least one interception against the Cowboys. And that's plus 135, which is a pretty attractive number. Aaron Rodgers over a half an interception for plus 135 against the Cowboys. Paul, recap them real fast for us. Juju Smith-Schuster, anytime touchdown, plus 100. Justin Fields, under 14.5 completions, plus 100. Trevor Lawrence, under a half an interception, plus 105. And Aaron Rodgers, over a half an interception, plus 135. I'm going to need you to text those to me. Could not find any of those bets. Just immediately, I think my Wi-Fi on my phone went down because it just had the score bets, and now I'm I'm searching. I'm trying to make it happen. Yeah, Paul starts looking these up on Wednesday. I want you to do the effort. I want you to put forth the effort. I just made the effort. I took the picture. I can text you the picture. Courtesy of DraftKings, you can uh, play along. Outkick.com/slash/bet is where you can join Outkick 360. I love the Justin Fields. Because I do think they will run all over the lines this I week. I love and the Aaron Rodgers one, even though I think they're, they're winning. I, I think he's going to throw a pick, and they're going to win. The, we have the top games coming up in about nine minutes. Last night, post-game, Baker Mayfield, we would show the video. We're not, we don't have the rights to this video. The, Baker Mayfield is headbutting not one, not two, not three. We can go LeBron here. Everybody in line with a helmet on. Baker Mayfield's not wearing a helmet. And as they leave the broadcast last night, Al Michaels, quote, good way to wind up in concussion protocol even though you didn't get in the game. Like That's like the goodbye, everybody, as they show Baker Mayfield headbutting everyone, celebrating after the Panthers' victory over the, Fa- over the Falcons. There are people in many sports, um, combat sports, certainly in the NFL, that have no regard for their safety or well-being post-career. This guy has always been like that. Yeah. This is nuts. Some people this seem to like This is not like the like tap. It. This is like a, he's like knocking his forehead into a helmet. It's, it's, it's odd. It's, it's odd considering the injury last year in the preseason. If it was, yeah, it was preseason this year. He's lowering his shoulder into a defender on the sideline as like a love tap? Or was it week one? It may have been week one. Point being, like, 
he's he's as physical as they come, and this is why the career has ended up the way it has for Baker Mayfield. This is just moronic behavior. I, I mean, you got to have some semblance of an idea of an unhelmeted head against a helmeted head and what it's going to do to your head. Uh, and he just not, is not very bright at times. Aside from the, the headbutts, let me just say Al Michaels is hilarious. The last two weeks he is. That's a great line. He's always been low-key funny. Dry. Well, in the way he drops little things here and there. But you'll agree. But now that he's on Amazon Prime, well, he just doesn't care anymore. Well, So it's like a stand-up routine. I agree he doesn't care. Like There was a boring factor where it didn't feel like Al Michaels was calling the game for the first month and a half of that season, of this season on Amazon. And now he's kind of picked it up and he's kind of jabbing Heck, Herb Street I'm going to have on. fun with it. Yeah, um, like at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, Herb Street's like, do we think Atlanta has a quick score right here and gets back in this and is down a possession? And Michael's real quick, no. No. And then they did. <laughs> but but still, like it, it's they're used to these terrible games. At one point, he said um, there was a player who did something stupid, a holding call or something. It was third or fourth time in a row or in the game. And he said, I would say it's really good to do it now because no one's watching, but I have to realize I'm currently calling the game that people, I'm told people are watching. I mean, he's slowly like he's, morphing into Harry Doyle from Major League. Yeah. You know, what no, was no Mario one's watching. No one, no one's, no one oh, cares. Did you see that one play where Mariota, he was clearly down, but I don't think he was thinking I'm clearly down, where he basically no. threw blind from his back. He looked like Jameis Winston. Go, going back to Michaels, by the way, yeah. I don't know if you guys caught this the week before, but he just dropped in the middle of the fourth quarter. He's like, so Kirk, where are you guys going this weekend? <laughs> like, for college football. Well, he's, he he is, had no clue. He's and he's like, we're going to be in Athens, big game with Tennessee and uh, Georgia, and then – I'm calling this game. He's like, oh, okay, He is cool. mesmerized by Herb Street's cool. schedule. Yeah. yeah. He talks about that weekly. Um, and I don't know if he, like, really knew. He asked as if he had no clue and never asked him where he's he going. He may just be showing up now. I, I, I don't think he is. I, I don't think that's Al Michaels. But it's – you can tell, like – I brought him up earlier this week when we had biggest regret. He's not calling the games they're getting flexed. And some of these games are just dreadful. And you've got Mariota throwing while he's laying down off his back. What would have been a great interception, but luckily for him, he was down. If anyone's earned the right to be an elitist, it's Al Michaels. That's right. Get that man a stake. Be funnier. Keep it going. Headlines NFL next.